Welcome, everybody. I hope you're having a great uh, Labor Day weekend, and I certainly appreciate you spending part of your holiday with us here at Cedar Creek. And as you can see, we are continuing in this series of messages called Step by Step, Choices That Change Everything. And really, our goal in this series is to focus on a couple of key components of our spiritual growth and determine how to develop daily habits with those key components. Because as we have discovered, our our faith journey is not just about the big decisions, the big choices, the big moments, but it's really about daily choices, little daily decisions that move us either closer to God or further away from him. And we see that truth clearly in our theme verse for this series from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. God says to us, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. See, it's not just about choosing life over death and blessings over curses. We choose life and we choose blessings by daily choosing to love the Lord and daily choosing to listen to his voice and daily choosing to hold fast to him. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've been focusing specifically on the Bible and the role the Bible plays in our spiritual growth. Obviously, most of us would agree that the Bible is central to our faith. And so we spent time looking at why the Bible is so important to our spiritual growth. And then last week, we talked about how to engage with the Bible on a daily basis. And so if you've missed those messages, I would encourage you to go back and watch them, especially last week's, because I think there's a lot of practical information to help you engage with God's word to grow spiritually every day. Now, what I want to do this week is shift gears and look at another key component of our spiritual growth, another key thing we need to grow spiritually, and that is each other. We need other believers to help us grow. In fact, you need two things to grow spiritually, two Uh, essential things for you to grow in your faith journey. One, you need information, and two, you need relationships. The Bible gives us the information that we need. It's in these relationships with other believers that we get the how to do it, how to live out these principles. And while you can see this modeled throughout the Bible, from Jesus and his disciples where he not only taught them, but he was in relationship with them and showed them how to walk the talk. You see this in the early church, the New Testament church, as they did life together. 
And while you can see this throughout the Bible, probably the place that it's most clearly articulated is Paul's letter to the church in the city of Rome. Paul starts that letter by talking about his desire to be with them, to come and spend time with them, to hang out with them, not just because it is enjoyable to be with them, but because of the impact that connection with them will have, not only on their faith, but on his faith. In fact, that's why he writes these words in Romans 1.12. Paul says, I mean, in other words, what I'm talking about is that I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. You know, if you've been around Cedar Creek for any length of time, you've probably heard me say before that there is no spiritual growth outside the context of relationships. You can't really grow spiritually without being connected in authentic community with other believers. Why do I say that? Because our faith is a relational faith. Our faith is not built on religious rituals or agreed upon intellectual beliefs. Our faith is built on a personal relationship with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ. It is a relational faith. And so we live out our love for God in the way we love others, the way we treat the people around us. But listen, not only do we live out our faith in our relationships, it is those relationships that can build faith into us. And that's what I wanna talk about this morning. Why I need other believers. Why is it essential for me to be in close relationships with a few other Christ followers in order to grow spiritually? Well, there are many reasons, but I wanna look at the four main reasons why I need other believers. So let's jump in. Number one, I need them because I'm made for connections. I need other believers because I am made for connections with others. I'm formed for God's family and so are you. We were created for relationships. God is a relational God. And the Bible tells us that we were created in his image. That means that we are relational beings. In fact, notice one of the first things that God said after he created Adam. It's found in Genesis 2.18. It says, the Lord God said, it is what? What does that say? It is not good for man to be alone. And this just wasn't about Adam needing a wife because a man without a wife is gonna get it wrong and mess it up and get off track. You need to understand that Adam represents all of us, all mankind, men and women, married and single. And because of that, what God is saying is that we were not created to do life alone. There's a deep need within all of us to connect with others. And man, if there's one thing we've seen and learned over these last five and a half months is how deep that need for connection with other people is. 
You know, over these last five and a half months during this quarantine, we've been able to do a lot of things, but one of the things that has been very restricted is just to be with and connect with, physically with other people. And you can see that desire and feel that desire in all of us. It's a part of how we are wired. It's how we are created. It doesn't matter whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. The only difference between introverts and extroverts is their energy level in crowds. Extroverts get energized by being around large groups of people. Introverts get drained by being around large groups of people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this hard wiring in every one of us to be connected with others. And unless you connect in authentic community with others, not only are you not going to consistently grow spiritually, but you're never going to fully be satisfied because it's what you were created for. I need other believers because I'm created for connections. Number two, the second reason I need other believers is that they can help me take my next steps. I need other believers to help me take my next steps. You know, the last month, we've been talking about our faith journey as faith steps, next steps. Not just the big steps, but the little daily steps that we need to take. Other believers are the key to knowing not only what step I need to take, but other believers are key to showing me how to take that next step. In fact, I want you to look at two verses that make this point. The first one is Paul's letter to the church of the city of Colossae. It's Colossians 3.16. Notice what he says to this little church. He says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. And then notice what he says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Did you catch that? He's not just talking about passing on information. He said, you don't just teach each other, you need to counsel each other. What is counsel? It means to show people their next step, what they need to work on, what they need to do to move in the right direction. We need other believers to help us with that. Notice what Paul writes to the young protege of his Timothy. As Timothy's getting ready to take on the role of being pastor of this church in Ephesus, Paul says to him, be an example to the believers with your words, your actions, your love, your faith, and your pure life. In other words, he's saying, Timothy, it's not just about teaching them what you know, it's about showing them how to live, how to put their faith into practice. We need each other to model this stuff, to help us take our next step. So let me just ask you this question. Who's your model? Who's showing you how to take next steps? Who knows you well enough to know what your next step needs to be? Do you have that name in mind? Now let me ask you this. Could you sit down and have a cup of coffee and a conversation with that person next week? 
If you called them late at night, would they answer your call? The reason I ask that is because a lot of times we think our role models are are our pastor or our preacher or our favorite internet Christian personality or the person who we listen to their podcast every week and they think they're helping me grow. They're teaching you what you need to know, but they're not in a relationship close enough to you to show you how to do it. You don't get to see all of their lives and all of their faith. They don't know what you're struggling with. You need somebody close enough to you that knows you and knows what steps you need to take in order to grow spiritually. I need other believers to help me take my next step. And then number three, a third reason why we need other believers is to make our lives more impactful. I need other believers to make my life more impactful. Because see, not only were we created to be relational beings, we were created to be purposeful beings. We were created on purpose for a purpose. And we live out that purpose best when we live it out with others. This past week, Terry and I were watching the musical Hamilton, that huge Broadway success that's now available on television, and we were watching that. It's the amazing story of one of our founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton. And when he arrives in America at age 19, an orphan, He is broke, he is alone, he doesn't know anybody. In fact, all that he really has going for him is a brilliant mind and a desire to make a difference. He wants to leave a mark, he wants to impact the world. And he did. I mean, dude got his face on the $10 bill. It's obvious he made an impact with his life, but when you see his life story unfold, you see that it is the other people in his life that allowed him to have that kind of impact. It's the friends, it's George Washington, it's his family, his wife, it is the people that he is connected to and works with that allows his life to have such a huge impact. Same thing is true for every one of us. That's why Paul writes in Ephesians 2.10, God made us what we are. And in Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works. That's our purpose. And it says God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing those. What I want you to notice is the plural nature of that verse. It says us, ours. It's, it's obvious that we do this together, not out there as lone ranger Christians serving and helping and doing good deeds. We, we do it better when we do it together. You know, what's that old saying? If you want something done right, do it yourself. Well, here's the thing. Doing it by yourself is certainly easier right? Because you don't have to deal with other people and their nonsense and all of that. It's always easier to do something by yourself, but it's always less impactful when you do it by yourself. That's why we encourage all of our home groups to serve together out in our community. 
That's why we work with local and global partners because we can do better together. That's not just a slogan that goes on a t-shirt. It is a reality of how we were created. In fact, look at what Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, writes in Ecclesiastes 4, 9. He says, two people working are better than one. Why? Because they get more done by working together. Did you catch that? They actually get more done by working together rather than working as individuals. It's what scientists and engineers call synergy. Synergy is this concept, this law of nature that two things working together can accomplish more work than they could as individuals, right? Let's say you've got a machine that produces 10 watts of energy and another machine that produces 10 watts of energy. If you can get those machines working together, they will produce more than 20 watts. That's synergy. One ox, if one ox can pull a thousand pounds, if you yoke them together, two oxes can pull more than 2,000 pounds. That is synergy, and it's not just a law in our universe. It is how we are created. It's how God created us. You want your life to have more impact? You want to make a bigger difference in your family, in your community, in this world? Then you need to be willing to be a part of a team to serve and work together. We need each other so our lives will have an even greater impact. And then finally, number four, and I think this is one we can all identify with now, and that is that we need each other to weather life storms. I need other believers to help me weather life's storms. Crisis is an inevitable part of life for all of us. We're all always in one of three places, either heading into a crisis, in the middle of a crisis, or just coming out of a crisis. I know you're thinking, wow, I'm glad I tuned in today. Thank you, Philip, I feel so encouraged. But it is the reality of our life on this earth. And then sometimes, rarely, but occasionally, like we have for the last five and a half months, we go through a crisis all together. We all go through the same storm at the same time. It's no wonder Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. Not you might, not you could, you will. It is inevitable. I want you to understand the context of those words. Jesus is not speaking those words to the massive crowds and the throngs of people. Jesus is speaking this to his 12 closest disciples. He's speaking this to the very people who will have the strongest faith any of us could ever imagine. He's speaking this to faith rock stars and saying, you're gonna have trouble. See, that's the thing. We grow our faith not so we can avoid the struggles and problems. We grow our faith so we will have what we need when we go through those struggles and troubles. And one of the best things you can have in your life for the storms of life are other believers. Man, I, I, I would not be standing here today 
were it not for the other believers who were doing life in authentic ways with me and with our family as we've walked through the storms in our life. That's why Paul tells us in Galatians 6, 2, we are to share each other's troubles and problems and so obey the Lord's command. What is Jesus' command? Love one another. Love each other. You can't love one another. We can't walk with each other if we're not in authentic community, if we're not truly connected with each other. As I I think about these last 25 weeks, one of the things that has been so obvious to me is the dramatic difference this pandemic has had on those who are truly connected versus those who are isolated and disconnected. And it's not just the emotional response, it's not just the level of people's anxiety through this pandemic, it's actually been the level of spiritual growth in this pandemic. Because those who have been connected have not just survived the pandemic, They've been thriving spiritually. They've been growing spiritually in spite of the fact that we haven't been able to gather for corporate worship on Sunday morning because they're connected. They're continuing to take next steps. I mean, those 13 people who last Sunday evening publicly professed Jesus as Lord, they were young and they were old and in between. The one thing they all had in common is they had somebody in their life. It's a grandfather, a parent, a home group leader. Somebody was walking this journey, this spiritual growth journey with them. They made this huge next step of faith in the midst of a pandemic. Why? Because they are connected to others. You know, next week, next Sunday, we will begin phase three, of our regather for corporate worship plan. And man, am I excited about that. Like you, I can't wait for it. I'm super excited about it, but I am concerned. No, I'm not concerned about the virus. We're doing all that we can do to mitigate that. What I'm concerned about is that many of us will go back to the same old, same old that we will begin to feel like if I just show up with a big crowd of people a couple of Sunday mornings for, you know, an hour once a week, that that I'm connected, that I have other believers, that I'm in community with my church family. And you're not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about showing up in a crowd on Sunday morning and just saying hey to a few people on the way in and the way out. I'm talking about walking through life, doing life together with other believers. As you can imagine, I I got a lot of emails over the last five and a half months. A lot of emails telling me to open up the church, to get back to gathering. And and the one verse that was the most quoted to me in those emails was that uh, Hebrews 10, 25. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit 
of doing. And all the more stay together as you see the end approaching. And I have to tell you, when I saw them quote that verse or send that verse to me, I had to laugh. Because those words were written to first century Christians who had no building to gather in. They weren't part of a large congregation. They were people who were doing life together, meeting in homes and walking the spiritual journey together. And the pandemic has not stopped us from doing that. So please don't let the regathering for large group corporate worship cause you to feel like you don't need to be authentically connected to others. We all need that to grow spiritually. We all need it if we're really serious about taking daily next steps to draw us closer to Jesus. So as I close, here's what I wanna do. I wanna give every one of us an opportunity to take a next step toward our connections with other believers. We're posting on all of the platforms in the chat a link to, it's a get connected link. And if you're not connected to a small group, a home group, if you're not connected to a group of other believers that really can know you and walk with you and spend time with you, I wanna encourage you to click on that. We'll help you get connected. If you're an adult, we can help you get connected at whatever campus you're closest to, to our home groups there. If you're a student, we can help you get connected to our center point small groups. Even if you're an elementary age person, you can click on that. We've got small group connections for every age group at all of our campuses. Or maybe you don't live near one of our campuses. You live out there somewhere. Click on that, fill out the information. We'll help you find a good church in your community that connects people in groups to do life together. And if that's not available, we'll help you start a group like that in your own home, in your own community. We can all take a next step. For those of you that are already part of a home group, you're already connected, you have this built into your life, you're not off the hook either. My question to us who live in authentic community is what would a next step look like for us? What would that be? Maybe for some of you, it's time to step up and start leading a group. You've been in one for a long time. Or maybe it's to do more than just show up occasionally at your home group. Maybe it's to increase your consistency and commitment to. Maybe it's about opening up and sharing when you're there, being real and authentic. Maybe it's just about asking someone in the group who's a few steps further down the road to pour into your life, to show you and walk with you through next steps. You don't need the group leader. You don't need the preacher. You don't need the great faith hero. You just need somebody who's a few steps further down the road that you can connect with. And the great news is this church is full of people who are willing to say, yes, I will walk with you step by step through your spiritual growth journey. Whoever you are, wherever you are, Wherever you've been, whatever you've done, there's a place for you to connect in God's family because you were formed to truly be a part of the family of God. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much 
for every person that's taking the time to, to join us this morning, that's watching online, wherever they are, whatever's going on in their life, Father, they're not here by accident. You brought them here because you love them and you want to connect with them. You want them to discover your love and the freedom that comes from living for you instead of themselves. And so, Father, would you help each one of us have the courage to push past the barriers that keep us isolated and hopeless and reach out for help to connect, to no longer have to do life alone. Would you move among your people, your family called Cedar Creek Church, and all who are joining us today? We need you, Lord. And in your name we pray, amen.